0: Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re enjoy
1: it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hello everyone, I'm Kama and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And tonight I'm joined by Lot.
0: Hi, I'm Lot and I'm Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr.
1: And Clotho.
0: Hi, I'm Clotho and you can
1: find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And our two guests uh, first we have Devin.
2: Hi, I'm Devin. And you can find me at GD Harpo on Twitter and Tumblr. And Crystal.
1: Hi, I'm Crystal. You can find me
3: at CrystalRose29 on Twitter.
1: Alright, so tonight uh, tonight we're covering Tyrion 14 from A Clash of Kings. And as always, uh, well, definitely trigger warning for violence. Um, uh, who knows? Potential discussion of rape. You never know with these chapters. Um, I'm not sure what we could be spoiling for you, but we spoil everything, books and shows. So, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, get out now. Mm-hmm. Um so normally we would do with like what's been going on but there's only literally one chapter between this and last week's um so really it was great I only had to look at one thing um, and <laughs> what if- happened <laughs> Well Sansa's in the hold fast with Cersei and all the ladies and Cersei's busy getting drunk and unloading her issues on Sansa and revealing that if Stannis wins they're all going to die because she plans on having Sir Ilan kill them all. So that's what's going on while Tyrion's, you know, from the last chapter. So... That's cheery. Yeah, nice. Um, so the actual chapter, and I loved that I volunteered to do this one, and it's all mm-hmm. action, and it's like so not my jam, but...
4: It's so um... hard to mod those and break it up right. <laughs>
1: I will say, like when you get into it, it's the language is really kind of neat, but um, and i I could be wrong. So anyone, feel free to jump in and correct me if I've got the geography of what the hell's going on. Um, but basically, Tyrion's in the battle at Kingsgate, and he's accompanied by um Pod, who refuses to leave. And there's Sir Mandon uh, Moore and Sir Balan Swan, and it sounds like everybody's still pretty well dressed despite the battle, because we hear all about Sir Mandon's white enameled armor um, and Joffrey's standard. But then it it gets real fast. It sounds like um, the, I mean he describes the ground as being wet with both mud and blood, and Tyrion seems to be holding his own with his axe. And there's a lot of killing. I, again, if I'm missing things, or feel free. And then they ride onto the mud gate where it sounds like they go from very, very unpleasant to absolute hell.
0: We give, like, just, like, a nod out to Tyrion. I know we would be giving him a lot of grief as we go out with these, go on with these chapters, but, man, to, like, He's brave. He's one brave son of a bitch to go out into this.
3: Well, and something that really impressed me, but then again, it's Tyrion telling the story, so Tyrion might be kind of building up his own ego. But he he seems like a much better fighter than he gives himself credit for. You know, he always said Jamie was the fighter and he was kind of the brains, but he he's holding his own and they're chanting for him and everything else.
2: Yeah, it surprises me how oh how good he's doing in the battle. And like you said, like he's the one narrating this part of the story. So could just be, um, hyping himself up. But like, it was very shocking to me, even though I've read it like two or three times. I'm still like, I'm surprised at how good he's doing that. He hasn't been killed.
4: Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of it, how, how close they are to him, how much of it is having the, you know, the, the Kingsguard
1: around well, or I don't know, just to get a sense of that, how, Well, he's got, like, I mean, it's not like he's doing nuanced fighting here. I mean, he has an axe, and he does have two bodyguards. And I think it it just sounds like it's a whole bunch of men. Everybody's filthy, and it's all just chaos. And, I I mean, (laughs) it's Oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just going to say that it it felt to me almost like uh, Lord of the Rings, like uh, Gimli and... uh, Legolas when they're counting, you know, oh, I killed one, two, three, well, uh, I killed ten. That's what he reminds me of. <laughs>
4: right <in the> <laughs> he seems to really be getting into it. Like, he clearly does seem to be getting it. <laughs> yeah,
3: he hey. says at one
4: point, he's, he's battle drunk. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, um, just before that, there's this passage I quite liked. There was a lot in here when I, I usually, my reaction to these action chapters, I have to admit, when I'm reading for myself is, oh, God, it's a battle, kind of skim, skim, skim. Okay, they won, and move on to the, the dialogue <laughs> stuff, which I'm actually more into. So this actually forced me to, like, read it. Um, <laughs> but there's this passage, um, and it's, Sir Mandon shouted, the mudgate!" and they were off again. King's Landing, his man, men cried raggedly. And half man, half man. He wondered who had taught them that. Through the steel and padding of his helm, he heard anguished screams, the hungry crackle of flame, the shuddering of war horns, and the brazen blast of trumpets. Fire was everywhere. Gods be good. No wonder the hound was frightened. It's the flames he fears. Um, And then there's this bit where it's basically, it just sounds like there are corpses everywhere. And he can... (laughs) there's a lot in here how he could barely see with that helm that it's this one little narrow slit that he's able to look through. And then he realizes um, he's experiencing battle fever and he remembers it's one of the first or second, there's a couple points where he thinks about Jamie, actually most of his chapters he thinks about Jamie, Um, but he remembers Jamie trying to explain it to him. And I think that's what you're talking about. The battle fever, the sort of yeah, like yeah. you're just in
2: it.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> yeah he's full on berserker rage. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: he says like, don't feel your wounds. You don't you don't have a sense of what's going on. Well, you know what's going on. I mean, you know you're in a battle, but like every action that you're making, you're not aware of it until you. And he stops and takes a chance to look at what's happening, and right. yeah, yeah.
4: Sort of like time that, slows down. Yeah. And like just to further that point,
0: like not only is it bad when he first goes out into this battle, but there is a point where it turns and he sees it's even worse. Well, this is kind of getting towards the end. Maybe yeah. I'll let you keep mm-hmm. going on before I, okay. I jump I, ahead. I, of myself. I think I'm,
1: there's a couple of parts where I went, oh, my God, this sounds horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. not that this ever sounds like yeah. a good time. <laughs> Um, in fact, my notes are like, <laughs> more bodies and more wildfire. It sounds like there's killing everywhere. And then there's, he He looks at Sir Balan Swan and reflects that he looks, even though he's in the white armor, he's more of a spotted knight because his armor is covered with blood. And there's this bit of, well, literally a bit where he says his mace has bits of brain on it. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> is that the part <laughs> you were talking about, or are you waiting for? There's a further bit down that's even more graphic. No, it's it's a further bit down. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now this is the part where I had a hard time, and I had to consult like Tower of the Hand and the wikis because I'm not good with this stuff. But it, if I'm reading this right, Tyrion is trying to figure out where Stannis' men are coming from, and then he realizes that what they did is when they they destroyed the ships. The, the ships are sinking in the bay, but they're not totally sunk, and the men are using the ships as, like, a bridge to make it onto shore? Yeah. That-, so. yeah. that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I was trying it's to figure like that out.
3: They, It's like they all piled up together in the same place, almost like that chain they were using kept them right there together so yeah. they could
0: just.
4: Yeah. And he said, uh, I think Tyrion mentions at one point that kind of like offhand to the side that he had sunk a couple ships or something to create more of a hazard for mm-hmm. the other ships. I don't know if that's accurate before. That
1: could be. Yeah. But, it, and then it sounds like I think the ship that's closest is the Dragon's Bane. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah.
3: He says he can see the name of it under the water.
4: Okay. Okay,
1: cool. <laughs> So he leads his men, and there's that bit that they used in the show, like, there are brave men here, let's go kill them or stop them or whatever. So they they go to the dragon's bane to try to stop them, and then um, his horse breaks a leg, and Tyrion kills the horse, which is, you know, I'm sure that takes... Not like shooting it, I mean, yeah. like, they don't this have that This is nuts, like,
0: if you take a minute to think about yeah, this, like, the feats, like, just the further it devin was saying, like, it's crazy that he's, you know going so hard into battle but then to take this moment where he takes his dagger <laughs> and he his horse's throat <laughs> like this is I, uh. I did
1: wonder that because i mean again like i said frenzy you you don't know what's going on you're just sort of in the moment sure but i mean he's out of the moment because he i mean does take the time and i'm wondering how long it took his horse to die but you know that's me And then I think this is the part Lot's been waiting for, because there's more killing, and there's this lovely description of a naked man falling from the sky. Yeah. (laughs) Is Is this one of the antler men? I assumed. I put the antler men in the question mark. Because I'm like, how else would a naked man be falling from the sky? Had to be, right? (laughs) There's catapulted corpses, but...
0: Getting to be a little Hieronymus Bosch scene set before
4: us. (laughs)
0: Oh my
3: gosh I forgot about the the catapulting <coughs> the the corpses I was thinking maybe somebody had their clothes had burnt off from the wildfire and maybe they had fallen they were but up on yeah. a mast no, or something No or...
1: I'm guessing <laughs> that they were catapulting the antler ven into the yeah, melee, which...
4: Because like they describe also there were stones
0: as well with these oh, naked fine. guys. So God, what difficult. are
4: the chances of living through that? Because like, they said one of the boulders was like the size of a horse. Like, that's nuts. Like, all well, the well, things coming at given you. man dis- could lift
1: it. <laughs> the description is of this naked guy falling from the sky that his body bursting like a melon that's been dropped from a height. So I'm guessing no. Splat. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> And then they get uh Tyrion not the antlerman um <laughs> gets pushed into the water and he takes off his helm as the bridge is sinking the so unquote not the real the ship, ship I right. guess, which turns out to be a really bad deal um, and then Tyrion hears sir Mandon moore yelling at him to take his hand because he's sir Mandon moore is on the other ship or the other thing is trying to pull him to safety and Tyrion is reaching for it before realizing that the hand sir Mandon is offering is his left one mm-hmm. and then just as he's like huh what's that about he realizes that sir Mandon is attacking him with the sword that's in his right hand
0: i'm sorry but who thinks of that like Take my hand. Like I don't. Think, why? Why are you reaching with your left? I like. I wouldn't think of that.
2: Well, how could like, he? he mean, him? Him? like, anything, you like, grab like how did he even?
1: Yeah. think him.
2: to like process that.
1: Well, I think it's like, and I do get that. I mean, like, it sounds like he's giving him the hand. Like he's like, all right, here, you know, he's being pulled up, and it's happening, and then there's that, huh, you know, I don't know. Because he'd so have to grab something. him. Because
4: I mean, when you, you know, you shake hands, you're both shaking usually, right handed, and he'd have to, I guess, grab his forearm instead of his, I don't know if that kind of made him think,
2: if he wasn't actually grabbing yeah, it. Yeah,
4: maybe, yeah.
2: But then just, like, the next line is, was that why he reeled backward, or did he see the sword after all? So it's kind of like it uh, all happened at once, maybe, yeah. and that's why he had that thought, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the passage, I'd like to, well, I'm going to read it, whether you want to hear it or not, you know. Kind of out of luck. Um, <laughs> finally, he rolled over. Uh, okay. Uh, finally, he rolled over the side and lay breathless and exhausted, flat on his back. Balls of green fly- fire and orange flame crackled overhead, leaving streaks between the stars. He had a moment to think how pretty it was before Sir Mandon blocked out the view. The night was a white steel shadow, his eyes shining darkly behind his helm. Tyrion had more strength than a ragdoll, or had no more strength, sorry, um, than a ragdoll. Sir Mandon put the point of the sword to the hollow of his throat and curled both hands around the hilt. And suddenly he lurched to the left, staggering into the rail. Wood split, and Sir Mandon vanished with a shout and a splash. An instant later, the hulls came slamming together again, so hard the deck seemed to jump. Then someone was kneeling over him. Jamie, he croaked, almost choking on the blood that filled his mouth. Who else would save him if not his brother? Be still, my lord. You're hurt bad. A boy's voice. That makes no sense, thought Tyrion. It sounded almost like Pod.
3: What's well, a damn good thing he didn't go back when he told him to? Huh? Yeah, no. this
2: true. <laughs> yeah I, I love that. Because at, at some point in the battle, Tyrion makes note that. He he, did, he doesn't see where Pod oh, goes, like he loses track of him at one point, and so this just makes me think that Pod has been close to him, or at least watching him the from whole wherever time. he was, like trying oh, to yeah. find oh. him, like make yeah, sure I, he's okay.
0: You, you could just well, picture well. him, right, trying to keep up with him in the
1: battle, probably scrambling
4: yes. and dodging, and and this would be—is this Pod? Is
1: it his first battle? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. gosh, gosh how so. traumatizing! And, and Pod's the one yeah. who kills Sir Mandon. Oh.
0: And the Kingsguard, the finest bunch of knights in the kingdom everywhere. Well, Cersei's
1: (laughs) picks, so, you know.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm just saying, if you look at the state of affairs, it's so (sighs) sad what has happened to this, you know, group of knights. And then you have Pod, the lowliest squire,
1: saving the day. And it kills me, because later on when he finds Brienne he's so I mean he stuck with Tyrion through all of it and then f- felt like he got abandoned Ugh, and he's been I'm hanging so on that damn tree for like years now Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not my that my I'm bitter
2: I'm his squire but he left me Yeah. and I think he like stutters when he says it like he's choking oh. up trying not to cry oh.
0: no he's just a
3: little boy Feels. right yeah, it may mean, have, like, ten in, in, in this, in this
4: battle. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry? Ten or Is twelve, it, yeah. He's, he's young, yeah. Real, yeah. yeah.
4: he's young.
1: I mean, it's a beautifully written chapter, and I'm willing to give him, like, I'm willing to excuse some of it because of literary license, where you gotta tell the story. Tyrion's the only POV chap- or character at this point in this part of the battle, so if you have to get information across or who else is going to do it. So, I mean, I'm willing to, I guess, forgive some of the things that I did question, like the killing of the horse or the, you know, realizing about the hand, but Can there's we some have, nice like, passages. Oh, Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I was thinking we have like a moment to like, just think of, you know, this is Tyrion's possibly Tyrion's last thought. Like he doesn't know that. And he thinks of his brother, like he thinks oh, of Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, it kinda it just broke my heart.
1: As much as I've and I have, and I will I I I stand by the things I have said about Tyrion so far, but in almost all of his chapters he's always thinking of his brother. Yeah. It's always there somewhere. I don't know. That's what I've got. I, it, like I said, it's entirely possible I missed crucial information. I noticed somebody died, but I don't know who that was. There was a, friend, but <laughs> well, I'm like a lot of people that died. <laughs> well, no, but he he made a um he kills one of the florence or sees one of the florence die but i don't know which one that is or if it even matters yeah
4: he was whining um uh, joffrey was whining about the boats and you know Tyrion's like you know he knew he's gonna lose some and I, I think that's most of the main points
2: um i have a question when he so there there's a point where he gets he gets confused himself about what's going on like he's like how could stannis cross to the north bank um, like, who's he fighting if he's on that side? Is that Tywin coming in? Like, is that what's happening right there? That's
0: what I read it as. Oh, maybe. Like, that,
2: that's what I thought, but like, I wasn't sure. And, like, that's the way they yeah. play it in the show, kind of, like, as...
1: Oh, he like, sees that. Like, that oh. last bit
2: of it, he sees them coming in. But that's yeah. that's just what that really likes I me. Mean, it's, like, right before um, Mandon Moore is calling for his hand or whatever. It's, like, that paragraph right before that. Oh,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. He thought he had spun around on the boat or something, but I bet you're right. I bet that's uh, Tywin and and all of them coming in. Lancel,
1: and it's he's probably too far away to see the well. And it sounds like everybody is so damn filthy with blood, even if he could see, yeah. you know, like colors or whatever. That it'd be hard to know what the troop which troops are coming. So yeah, I think you're right. I it's just. I suck at these chapters. I mean, the battle you stuff. Did just
0: was... stop. You did just
1: fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've read this damn thing going, okay, wait, wait, what are they talking about? This bridge. Then I'm like, "Looking, like, Oh, okay.
0: forcing yourself to reread it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, or like, you know, to actually like look at other sources to try to figure out what the deal with this boat was or ship was. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. It's like, you know, yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate it, comma. You did just fine. <laughs> you did All good.
1: right. Uh, Do we have anything else on this chapter? If not, I have a couple pieces of mail. Go
4: for so if it. We're ready for mail? Okay. <laughs> okay. We have uh, Kathy from San Antonio writes. I'm a couple weeks behind and just listened to number two hundred six today. Thanks for res- responding to my query about Brianne Prettymaris connection. Just a couple of responses to some of your other comments. Guile, you're for sure one of my favorites, so don't be sad. Look me up (laughs) next time you're in San Antonio. And uh, I just want to say that Guile's gotten at least, like, I think one call out. Was it for the (laughs) fandom fic episode or the – was it – I can't remember if it was for the feminism episode. But I know she's gotten them before. And then she also did really well on that poll that we – remember that crazy live – um. Well, it was so crazy. It kept like shutting down. But we did this live episode. And we did some whole. I don't know. It was crazy. But she's another one on.
1: yeah, of Kyle's favorite that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that she's had love all along. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't it's... enough
4: for. i no, no, just supporting her and saying. saying <laughs> to you. No, no, I'm supporting her <laughs> and saying people love her, <laughs> and all uh, she says. <laughs> The guy fan coming it's, out. <laughs> She's got she got the fan club. <laughs> and uh she says we didn't get dishes from dog food, but Diamond Shamrock gas stations used to give them out if you bought enough gas, and this was back when gas was a lot less than a dollar a gallon. That was a lot. Long... <laughs> the dishes came with gas in the 1970s, probably before the big gas crunch, which I think was 1973. We still have some Shamrock wine glasses and a mixing bowl. Thanks again for responding so fully to all the emails, and of course for your wonderfully reliable podcast. I look forward to them each week. Thanks, Kathy. That was cool. <laughs>
1: Thank
4: you. And uh, we have an email from from Shelby. Yes, and this was uh, this was so exciting, and I gotta kind of preface it and say like I enjoyed. I listened to the last two episodes, and it really. I was in a kind of funk because I've been sick for so long. So it's nice to, <laughs> to hear her comments in there. And I'll get to it later because there's another uh, comment about the cross dressing. But, okay, she says, hey, guys, <laughs> especially comma, because she indulges me by reading my nonsense last week. Hail, hey, friend. I feel like you're the mom of the group, even though I think some of the ha! others have children, no. right? <laughs>
1: No. She no says. Saying... the kids and I'm not the mom. <laughs> Mommy.
4: She says it's because your voice is mature, warm, and calm, and it sounds maternal to me. Plus, there are moments when the other ladies get a little crazy and you have to settle them down. You always sound 100% <laughs> done, <laughs> like you're, they're your oh, kids. <laughs> and she gives a little example of that. Like, you know, we have. <laughs> I don't think we'll to spoil it. Yeah, you know, and I have to say that I think. I think Lot is very, uh, (laughs) Lot catches us in a lot of, uh, shenanigans. Yeah,
1: if anyone's the mom, it's Lot, because the number of times I've had to be wrangled in for going off on some weird, wild tangent.
0: I'm not like a regular mom. I'm like a cool (laughs) (laughs) mom.
4: (laughs) <laughs> and she says, uh, she goes on to say that, you know, she complimented and said, you, you could be the teacher that actually cares about her students and gives them advice. But at the same time, she will snatch the students wigs if they break the rules to restore balance. Okay, so she said this week, to, this is what she says to restore balance. This week's questions are all about the books. So here I'm going to go through these, and then we're going to give a pause because this will kind of give some meaty questions here. Question number one: I think this question applies more to young Jamie than adult Jamie. But what do you think Jamie's mindset on Cersei's abuse of Tyrion is and was? Does he even know that it went beyond the baby penis pinching, um, which Oberyn said he put a stop to? We know how protective he is of Tyrion, so how does he justify it to himself and keep loving her and put her on a pedestal? We know that Jamie's love for his family blinds him, so my guess is that he was in denial about her hatred of Tyrion and felt that she'd come around. Or does he excuse or justify her feelings because um, for Tyrion because he knows she blames him for Joanna's death? I'm trying to
0: think. Do we ever get a moment with Jamie when he's thinking about Tyrion and Cersei's relationship? Ever? <sighs> Have I stumped the group?
4: I know. I feel like there have I'm been like sort of I, hints I'm at it, like, like that he knows, that but I don't know if like I, I can't think of a direct example. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just sort of pulling it all together in my mind from all the different point of views. And you know, I think he just is so like he's just del- like he has that um, just the blindness about her. You know, I don't know whether he thinks she will get better about it, but I think I don't think. I think he gives her the benefit of the doubt because of the blindness and the sort of the delusions he has around their relationship. and
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Not having like a direct like uh, narrative or paragraph or whatever to go by. But to me, because he's not mentioning at all, I think it's like out of
1: sight, out of mind.
4: Yeah, uh,
1: it, it could be that Cersei like saves the worst for it when he's not around.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's what I like, want. I do wonder because she, but, I can see her being sneaky and not, you
1: know. I mean, at the same time, it's sort of like when you hear about, you know, a parent who's or somebody who's abusing a kid. You you do sometimes have to wonder, you know, how can you not know?
4: And maybe he what? prevented some. I mean, I could see scenarios where he um, de-escalated situations and prevented her, or even physically blocked her from hurting him. You know, in his own way. You know, maybe subtle. Maybe direct, but he had sort of protected uh, Tyrion from her whenever he could, but I don't know. Um, okay, and uh, we have a sort of second secondary question. Was, Jamie loves Cersei and Tyrion, but Cersei and Tyrion hate each other. Of course, this puts him in the middle. Do you think Jamie ever played referees? Try to, to get them to be friendly or just ignore the problem. Um, you know, it's not just talking about Cersei's abuse here. You know, not just the petty dislike. We see him defend Tyrion to Cersei, but since there aren't many scenes with him and Tyrion, we never see it the other way around. So I'm wondering how, you know, what you think this works between them. Um,
0: I'm feeling robbed because, like, I would like
4: to see yeah. more of this dynamic through oh, yeah. jamie's eyes. I would because... love a prequel of like their household. Gosh. <laughs>
3: Well, and I think too, Cersei. You know, she hated Tyrion from the very beginning. She always said, "You killed my mom." And I, I just, I think, I think that she's right. That Jamie's had to play, um, you know, the middleman, the advocate there in the middle. And we just, like you said, we're we're robbed of it. We've never
0: seen it, and I don't yeah. think we'll ever get to see it.
4: Yeah, we can yeah. only assume by his behavior now and his personality what he might have done.
0: Yeah, and given Cersei's like personality, you know, she would be the kind that would try to turn Jamie against an infant
1: Tyrion. Also, I do I do have to think like Jamie is like it's, I only really remember this because I was reading the previous chapter and Cersei talks about that's the chapter where she talks about how they used to like switch roles and stuff, but Jamie from a young age is out there training all the time. Mm -hmm. So he's not always around. Whereas Tyrion doesn't seem to have gotten much in that way of an education or certainly not at the level that Jamie has. So it's entirely possible that Cersei and Tyrion are in each other's company as kids way more than they wanted to be. Yeah. 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 that. Yeah.
2: And I just don't, think in jamie's mind that is i don't think to him whatever's service he was doing to Tyrion is as bad as it actually was like i think like like you said out of sight out of mind like i just don't think he thinks it's as bad as it was
4: yeah and that would seem to that would you know seem to line up with his other sort of like he compartmentalizes things and you know for survival and kind of Goes away inside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went away inside. <laughs> and have to deal and with then, shenanigans. <laughs> and then when he got older, they,
3: <laughs> when they got older, and he started having a sexual relationship with her and a romantic relationship with her. Well, then you know, the, this woman that he's in love with. Yeah, you know, can do no wrong. And oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. part of his yeah. arc oh, yeah, later on too. is when he realizes, hell yeah, she can do wrong. She does lots of wrong.
4: Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a sort of like when the thing that the curtain falls from your eyes and you start to see reality for what it is kind of <laughs> not in that love haze. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the next question is, I know that children have individualism and don't necessarily inherit personality traits, but Jamie is so unlike the rest of his family that is it just me um it just has me wondering where he gets his romanticism and empathy from. Joanna, we know from Aunt uh Aunt Genna that Jamie gets his sense of honor from Ke- Uncle Kevin, his fighting from Uncle Tiget, his smile from Uncle Jarian, uh maybe a sense of humor too. Uh <laughs> She just buy sells fan fiction letters to the Citadel said that Joanna made time and laugh all the time, so maybe from her. We don't know, however, where he got his tolerance, compassion, emotional intelligence, and romantic view. Um, maybe Joanna, because no one else in his circle seems to have those traits. Um, but we don't know enough about Joanna. Um, she says, suggests maybe Grandpa Titus. <laughs> we know that he was nice to the point of being a pushover. I think Tommen... Um, takes after Titus, but that's off topic. If you had to pick, who would you say he gets his qualities from? Maybe Mad King Ares.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes!
1: Secret target! Yeah! No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. brother! <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I would point out that, like, Ragar, you know, his, brother. <laughs> his family has gone, I mean, I don't know. Those qualities are not necessarily inherited <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But you th- you know, but you do
4: think that like, yeah, some of those are kind of innate, but then there'd see maybe something well, like, where I mean, he was allowed to uh, blossom. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, like like your sense of decency, I yeah. mean, like, well, I mean, I will I would agree that there if you don't if you're not born with it, you know, that's it, you don't get it, but I think I think some of that stuff is learned. I don't know. There could be other role models we've never heard about. It doesn't sound like his mother was around long enough no. for him to, like, have absorbed a lot of that stuff. It could be, like, a
0: chain reaction thing. And, like, he likes... Naturally, he likes to fight. Like, he likes yeah. to train and fight. Who who trains and fights? Knights. Yeah. Those are his role models. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Then he
3: squire for Barristan.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah so yeah. all these kind of exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so have would have pattern. a
0: lot to do with it. Yeah. And Arthur... Arthur, oh yeah, yeah that's
4: right and it does seem like there's enough um variety of personalities in the family you know i think it's sort of like tywin is such an overwhelming personality you kind of feel like maybe they're, they don't seem that stuffy you know they seem pretty but talkative and
1: the other know. thing i mean tywin isn't always there i mean yeah, yeah. they grow up i mean all right yeah. i mean he's gone for most of their childhood off being aries uh the hand you know, and it, it. And if we're talking books, it, it's not like that's like being, you know, a twenty minute commute. I mean, he he stays in King's Landing and works and does not see his family. Yeah. yeah. So they're growing up without him, and even when he is there, if this is, I guess, Tywin kinder gentler before the bitterness totally yeah. sets in. Um, you know, and
4: and they have and they have money and unlike like say the starks or families that have more sort of um i don't know they just get that sort of like harsh like stoic kind of attitude you know i you get that this is sort of more i don't want to say idyllic but like you know kind of it looked well, beautiful the scenery the setting he grew up in was very i you know yeah. gorgeous and there wasn't it doesn't well, seem even, depressing or anything
1: you know? i mean think <laughs> about Brienne or even um or or the Starks. I mean, they have singers and travelers who come by and tell them stories. And, you know, that's. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can see you absorbing all that stuff. And he is. I mean, he's an idealist. Of, what do you call it? A uh, cynic is a failed idealist or whatever. So yeah. Or disappointed.
4: He's had a fairly safe childhood. You know, he was in a very you know, stronghold that was, you know, on the ocean. So I don't think he felt very threatened as a kid or anything. So it wasn't really. Yeah, aside from Joanna's death.
0: Room to dream, opportunity to dream. Plus, he
3: spent a lot of time with his maester and his septon. Remember, he he had to do extra work with the maester because he had problems learning to read. And so maybe those folks had a big impact on him as well.
4: So yeah. there you go, a yeah. whole mix so of things. His, uh, <laughs> and then, okay, so I think this is the final official question. There's a little Ooh. bit more after that, but um, what sort of person do you think Joanna was? A lot of people in fandom seem to think sweet, caring person to the point where they feel Tyrion's life would have been a dream if she'd survived to take care of him. People seem to think that because she seemed to be a good mother to um Jamie and Cersei from Jamie's dream, we know she sung lullabies. It sounds like she could have been a hands-on mom, unlike most Highborn women. That she was a good person. I don't know if I believe that. Just because someone is a good mother doesn't mean they're a good person. Some people love their kids and hate everyone else. We know that Tywin (laughs) truly loved her and respected her enough to have her rule the rock when he wasn't there instead of letting one of his bros rule. Would Tywin really love someone who was nice or would he see that as a weakness and therefore unattractive? As sad as as it is, I think there's a huge chance that Joanna was an asshole like her husband and may have shared his ableist views. But on the other hand, opposites attract. Thoughts. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I have to ask,
1: who are you reading in fandom? Because most, uh, it could be the people I follow, but even the big Joanna Lannister fans who have all this meta, nobody is, I have read, is suggesting she was this perfect mom, kind, gentle lady. If anything, it sounds like she was like kind of like Tywin's. You know, equal that she had. I mean, she's the one who was brokering, trying to broker the marriages between um, Jamie and Elia and um, Oberyn and Cersei so I don't think she I've was, read
4: extensively. Like, I, I haven't read any, like, I've sort of more got that sweetie, but that's more from artwork and stuff. So I don't know, maybe, so if you've probably read way more extensively I, than I have.
1: I mean, yeah. there's a particular yeah. blogger yeah. that I followed who calls herself Joanna Lannister, and she's okay. written a lot on it. And okay. I will say yeah. that I think she does extrapolate a little bit beyond what is there, but it really does sound like she was a powerhouse, And while she might have been kind to her children and, you know, loved her husband and all of that, I don't get this idea that she was all sweetness and light. I
0: just love the idea of some, like, intelligent, calculating woman actually leading Tywin
1: without him knowing it. (laughs) Well, or with him knowing it. I mean, look at Jamie. Look at how Jamie loves. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Ty, if you believe... And I, I know Martin has kind of been hedging his bets on that, or, you know, his answers on this. But it sounds like Tywin could have fallen for his wife, and when she died, that's it. You know, everything good about him just dried up. Yeah, yeah, that could be a, I could see that. I mean, that's my view. I've never thought of her as this sweet, gentle person. Um, I think she probably, Tyrion would have had a different life I don't know if it would have been... a Well, I think it would have to be better, because it sounds like anything would have to be better, but I don't know. That's my two cents.
4: I think she would have, at least, no matter what her personality is, I, I do think she would have, um, you know, mitigated some of that Cersei and Tyrion. You know, like, who knows? I guess if Joanna was alive, would Cersei still hate Tyrion? Yeah, I, get I don't the, think it you know, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh,
3: and I wonder, too, if she would have lived... Had, would she have seen what was going on between jamie and Cersei, and that their relationship, oh, as, yeah. as they got older, was was not a normal relationship, and maybe put a stop to it? Or, yeah, because I maybe,
4: think she already. Yeah, like at least well, she was, caught right? them, and she I does think, yeah, point, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I think
2: if she if she lives, like I don't think I don't think it continues because I think she's going to keep a close eye on that and
1: I, do whatever I, she has I, to do to yeah. Absolutely. I yeah, think the only reason it did continue is she died and wasn't yeah. there to make sure that the guards kept Cersei, you know. It kind of forced I, them together even more,
4: right? Yeah. yeah. And especially I, I think, if she was more a uh, demonstrative person and more out there, and you know, not controlling, but more in charge, I definitely think she would have kept them, a, you know.
1: I would also <laughs> argue, I still, I've, I've read meta that suggests that she probably told Tywin about what happened oh, and wow. he just... Well, I mean, he didn't want to go there and wouldn't go there. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, okay, if she lives and he knows and she's like, look, I'm handling it, fine, but she dies and then he goes into this turtle-like thing where he just shuts down emotionally and he can't deal with it and he just ignores it. But I think he knows. (laughs) Oh,
3: I vote for her being a tiger mom. No reason. uh, I like that (laughs) that idea.
4: Lion mom. (laughs) Tiger mom of the lions. awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. I was like, those are good questions. Okay. She goes, also, I would like, (laughs) just like it to be known that I've made it my life life's message from mine the podcast Of am cross-dresser Jamie every time I message in hopes that Clotho <laughs> will be there to talk about it and I'm here you finally got me so just shout <laughs> out to it. Clotho you understand the power of cross-dresser Jamie this makes you my other half we may not come into have come into this world together but we are kindred one day you shall be on the podcast that was promised to spread tales of Jamie to dress it's going to happen I know I've seen it in the flames and she said seriously though Jamie's empathy his romanticism his bravery his humor his loyalty the fact that he'd be an amazing boyfriend husband because of his devotion and faithfulness i think that might be debatable but all those other redeeming qualities fuck all of that because jamie has worn dresses before and this is important (laughs) where 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 are you at clotho i'm right here and i just want to say i do think like people don't think about this enough like seriously and i've sort of forgot about it for a long time because i used to talk about it more and i love that this got revived but i think i mean it's pretty I think it's pretty, you know, astounding for the series that he would put something like that in there because I mean, that's pretty risky, you know, not just being Tywin's son, but in general, and that I don't know that many other boys would have done that. And it just sort of shows his devotion to Cersei his, you know, how he loves his family, the things he does for love that he's willing to do that he was willing to, you know, kind of put himself at risk because if he would have gotten found out, he would have gotten in big trouble for doing that. I'm sure. Um, you
0: don't I, think other boys would have done this? I don't know. Not for their sisters. I don't know. I can't see. Could you see I'm Rob doing that for Sansa? He's like a child, right? Could you see Rob yeah, doing that no, for Sansa? I can't. Cousins that like... I used to dress up all the time. Well, yeah, Wait, but it doesn't like sound like he was he went or about or four. It sounds like they were eight or nine. when yeah. He, yeah. Nine, And he yeah. went about activities. Yeah. It's the resident male. But it
4: wasn't just like she was putting like, you know, it wasn't like she was putting makeup on him or something
2: like that
4: so yeah <laughs> it was like he dressed as <laughs> her, <laughs> her it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was like he became her and did her daily things like it was like immersive like it was like, <laughs> it wasn't just like here let me dress up my younger brother or whatever you know i don't know i don't know i just think it's cool i love it and then it ties into she also said and i love that she said thank you for writing in about that like it really it really it warmed my heart <laughs> And also, she said, "Have you guys discussed the fact that Jamie is canonically into role playing? Because that is also an important matter that must be discussed as much as his cross dressing." Um, and here's the receipt. And she puts the you know the link to when the you know Cersei comes to him, sort of dressed as a you know uh, what like a serving girl. And he said, uh, "Jamie was extremely turned on by the role playing. It must be talked about twenty four seven. Okay, this is canon, and not even G R M himself can take this from me." <laughs> and thanks again for indulging me and in being so nice and wonderful. Um, yeah, so I think no, I mean that's sort of, I, I yeah, that's there, that's, that's there. Got a thing for role playing, I think. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and, agree that, with that. and that would tie into the romanticism. I think that ties into you know, in that type of you know, they're romantic that way, but. <laughs> And um, she also has a P.S. for Chicky. It says a while back, I read an old thread um, the Chicky happened to be in. Um, Where topic about jamie whether he was in love with brienne or not of course there were people who didn't ship it therefore they were denying that romance even existed and chickie was not having it honey she had receipts upon receipts of textual evidence that showcased the romance between jamie and it was perfect so shout out to her for that it's why she's one of my faves also shout out to guile my other fave because i feel like she's the one who gets the most angry and passionate about DD ruining jamie's character in one of the season seven recaps um, she said that she hated them for it and they don't deserve this character. I feel you, girl, I feel you. Larry is trash and that's the end. <laughs> so yeah. Uh yeah, Chicky's awesome at that. She's had some yeah. like pretty awesome yeah. like it definitely
0: sounds like Chickie receipts upon receipts of information.
4: <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to go look up rebuttals to like go to her Tumblr. It's pretty amazing. You know, Twitter too, she's had some she's right on you know, on point with that. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more mail or is that it? I That is it, I believe. If I got everything. So that was a nice full uh, thank you because that helped us fill up
1: <laughs> discussion. <laughs> well, we love receiving mail. So um, if you have any, um, please, or want to be a guest on our podcast, you can email us at close the door and gmail, uh, close the door and at com, Or you can find us at Tumblr at close the door and come here. com. Or uh, you can find us on Twitter at Door Podcast. We are also on Facebook. Um, Please rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. And um, the other thing is shout out to our Patreon supporters. And you might want to look into that because our Patreon supporters get um, benefits like special episodes and exclusive access to early new um, episodes as well. I'd like to thank our panel and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.